What's up, everybody? Welcome back to LeatherManRoe.com. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Flyers Automotive. I am Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook. We're talking Ohio State football recruiting, as we usually do. Um, you know, Spencer, the last few weeks, months have been a slow, grinding turn towards the class of 2022. But the last few days, we've been sort of shoved back uh, in time and back to the class of 2021, which is the, you know, current class. And it feels like it's been going on forever because nothing's happened. Yes, yes. We're actually traveling in time now, yes. So we're going, we're in 2020. We're going back in time to 2021. Listen, Spencer, I'm, I'm not a scientist. Uh, I just trust what the world is telling me. And uh, right now the world's telling me we're focused on 2021. It's 2020. We're going to jump back from 2022. Uh, and that's where we are. That's, where, that's how we got here. Um, class of 2021 at Ohio State. Is it? Oh, my gosh. It's still 2020, isn't it? Yeah. Wow, this year has taken a decade. It's really sucked, too. Um, okay, so Ohio State did add its 20th commitment in the class of 2021 on Saturday night, as we sort of were alluding to for the last few weeks on this show and other uh, Letterman Row uh, vehicles, that Zen Mahalski, a three-star, four-star prospect according to 247 Sports, three-star according to 247 Composite, uh, six foot six, two hundred ninety pound offensive lineman from Floyd's Knobs, Indiana, did commit to Ohio State on Saturday night. Um, Spencer, have you had a chance to watch him on film yet? Or if you haven't, uh, say no. But if you have, tell me, you know, what you think when you see him. I have not. I have not. I had a, had a quite the weekend. Um, I know that got, I got Liddy, bro. No, no, but I, I was. I was a little busy, okay. but I, I haven't got to watch the tape yet. Um, but from everything you have told me, I am confident that this guy can play at Ohio State. I think the biggest thing that I'm going to add to this is do not be fooled by the rankings. Because everybody's going to say he's the lowest guy on, in the class other than the punter. First of all, this is a historic class. Second of all, the ranking is going to go up before he signs on the dotted line. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean – there are some positions in tight end, uh, offensive line. Those are two of the primary ones where you, you have to assume that if a player signs with Ohio State, that guy is not going to be counted on to contribute for two or three years, period. So, um, you know, when you talk about even a tight end like Jeremy Rucker, who was the number one ranked player in the country at his position, like it's going to take a couple of years because that position requires a lot of development. Um, and the offensive line is that in, you know, 10 times because that position requires more development than any. Uh, Zen Mahalski has only played the offensive line for two seasons now. And he went from being a six foot six, 220 pound tight end a year ago to being a six foot six, 290 pound offensive tackle now. Uh, he's extremely athletic, he's versatile, he can play. Uh, at least tackle and guard in the Buckeyes' eyes, and there are some who think he could actually play center. It's not what he wants to do, and I don't think he'll ever be called on to do it, but he has the body type to play all those spots and the athleticism to do it. But most people, because this is the nature of recruiting, once Mahalski commits, the, the question immediately becomes what, Spencer? Who's next? Who's next? How does it impact or player acts? What, what does it How do next? It, you know, and, and, and that's fine. That's, that's why we do this. Um, 
the the Buckeyes are still looking at another offensive lineman in this class. They would love to still add Tristan Lee. They're they're fighting. They're clawing their way back into that conversation after falling out of it and then climbing back in it and then falling back. You know, it's just back and forth. I think the the realistic view right now is that the Buckeyes are at a fairly distant third place in that in that race behind LSU and Oklahoma. But there is a there's like a a window that if if it opens the way they're hoping to. Uh, Tristan could, you know, be still make his way back into the fold, and maybe they close the gap. That window, of course, Spencer is what. Uh, is it visits the season? It's visits. It's visits. visits. Well, exactly. What, what I want to. What, what is that potential visit, Spencer? Oh, the Buckeye Bash. Ah, the Buckeye October Bash. October twenty fourth. So I do want to move backward a little bit. When I say I haven't watched the film, I haven't watched. Are the we going back film. in time again? When I say yes, when I say I haven't watched Mahalski's film, I haven't watched the senior film. The the thing about the thing about Mahalski, he's a mauler. So like he's a good run blocker. He's got a lot of work to do on his technique. That's what I see. Is that is that kind of the, the feel that you get for it? Uh, no, I, I completely agree. He's a guy who really finishes plays, which is rare at that level, especially for a guy that hasn't played the position, and and uh, most especially for a guy that isn't playing against. Uh, great competition every week, but he finishes plays. And for an offensive tackle, for an offensive lineman in general, that is one of those sort of uh, barometric marks where you're like, okay, this is something we can build on because he at least is understanding that if he's done with his guy, he's looking for the next guy to hit. And I think that that's one of those things that uh, as an offensive lineman, I'm like, ah, this guy, this kid gets it. And Zen is definitely uh, football IQ higher than the average person who's only played a position for a year. So you're probably asking yourself, why did Spencer make sure to bring that up? Here's why. Because I think he's going to play guard in college because I think he's, he's a, he's a better run blocker. It will, it will be easier to fine tune his skills to the guard position because of the run blocking ability. There's not as much responsibility of playing tackle on the outside. So much more technique in my opinion, my knowledge on the offensive line goes to that tackle spot. If you can yeah. have a road, a road grader and a run blocker, you can you can uh, you know acclimate him to a college guard position easier than you can slide him out to tackle and and play him there, which is a really roundabout way of saying there's still a massive hole in this class for tackles. They need a tackle, and I think that's the selling point for Tristan Lay, and I think that's one of the reasons why, if I picked right now and I have no knowledge of this recruitment whatsoever, but if I had like a bold prediction, it would be that Tristan Lay ends up in the Ohio State class because I just think I feel like. If the window is there, he makes the visit to the Buckeye Bash, he gets around those guys, he sees what this class is about, and then he realizes that there's an opening at tackle where in the future it could be he and Paris Johnson as the two tackles. Like, that is a very enticing scenario for him. Yeah, I mean, that, that is definitely a bold prediction. I, I, I'm not sure I'm on board with that yet. And that's fine. That's I, fine. I, do think, I do think that the, 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 the answer here is fairly simple. If Tristan Lay is interested in Ohio State, he will show up on campus on the 24th. Uh, it'll show up in Columbus on the 24th to hang out with Jack Sawyer and the recruiting class uh, at Jack Sawyer's house, period. If he's interested, he will. Um, if, if it's all just lip service and he's not that interested in the Buckeyes, and, then he won't. And I, I know that there are extenuating circumstances. People have to get off work. You have to clear your calendar. But if you can clear your calendar to fly to Oklahoma, if you can clear your calendar back-to-back weekends to fly to LSU, uh, then you can make a six-hour drive to Ohio State. And 
there is discussion about that from what I understand. It, it has not been finalized yet, but we're two weeks away from that happening. And you're right. The, the reality is with Ben Christman and Donovan Jackson and now uh, with Zen Mahalski, Ohio State has three offensive linemen committed, but each of them is a, a combination type player. They're all in that six foot four, six foot five, 295, 305 pound range. And they're all guys who could play in or out. And I, I personally agree that from what I've seen, I think they're all inside guys. Now, that was a focus coming into this recruiting class. There was a, a desire to get more guard type bodies on the, on the roster. But you do need someone because if Nick Petit Frere has a good season at Ohio State this year, and now, now we're jumping into the future, um, if Nick Petit Frere has a, has a really good season, you could be looking at next year needing to replace Thayer Munford and Nick Petit Frere as your tackles. And then, you know, you have Dewan Jones, you have Paris Johnson, of course, but you need depth and you need uh, talented depth. And interestingly, uh, body-wise, is, is pretty much a college-ready player. He's been uh, really changing his, his frame. He's, I mean, he, he's been working with former Ohio State uh, offensive lineman Matt Burrell uh, in Virginia and, and lifting weights with Matt. And so he's starting to learn and understand the, uh, the college weight program. Uh, what? What's that? That's a good indication. I'm telling you, I think there's uh, something well, I mean, here. Let's understand Matt Burrell did transfer out of Ohio state. I, I, I know that it wasn't, a, it's not like he was a, an ambassador for the program at this point. I, not that he's left on bad terms or anything, but it, it's certainly interesting because it, you have a player that played at Ohio state didn't finish his career there. Matt's a great kid. One of my favorites that I've ever covered in recruiting. So I'm, I, I know Matt isn't like, you know, bad mouthing anybody, uh, or, but he's also knowing Matt, he's also not blowing smoke up anybody's butt. So, um, you know, the, the truth is for Ohio state and Tristan Lee, it's about the opportunity to get him on campus. It's about the opportunity to get him around Ben Chrisman and Travion Henderson and Jack Sawyer and Kyle McCord and, uh, all the guys that are coming into town on the weekend of the 24th and saying, Hey, this is your opportunity. Do you want it? Um, if they don't, if he doesn't make it, I'm not going to say it completely closes the book on Ohio state, but it's a book that's already almost closed as it is in my opinion. So they really need that weekend to, to reopen it uh, because there are still a few months to go until Tristan's going to make a decision. Well, Berm, I need to ask you because I, I just don't have the insight that you do. What's this Oklahoma last two weeks of looking kind of poopy on the field? What's, what's that doing for this recruitment? Nothing. Um, I mean, LSU is still the leader, I think, in the clubhouse here to begin with. Um, certainly, it uh, leaves you with some questions like, hey, what's going on? But funny thing about recruiting is that losing games in, in certain ways or, you know, not being able to run the ball turns into a recruiting point because you're like, oh, listen, you're the guy that can fix this. You're the guy that we need. Uh, you're the guy that's, you know, going to take us over the, the hump. You're the So – uh, I don't think it matters. You know, it, if Oklahoma loses six games in a row, uh, we can talk about it then. I think then you have a conversation. Um, but right now, you see a, pro, a, a a team that is being just held down by a very bad defense. And I don't think that uh, – I don't think it impacts any recruitment um, at all. It's worth asking. Except, it's worth, a, it's worth no, asking. It's definitely, it's definitely worth asking. 
Um, you know, to me, what it does is impact the recruitment. Maybe of someone like JT Tumalau uh, more than Tristan Lee. JT, who doesn't ever make, you know, uh, recruiting noise, released his top seven schools last Thursday. Um, we've not talked about it yet because, you know, we're, we're uh, just doing this show once a week right now in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but, uh, you know, Ohio State obviously is on that list for JT. So was Oklahoma. And for a player like that, whose entire recruiting focus appears to be development, get me to the NFL, how do I, how do I get better? Uh, I think that what you see, and this is just me spitballing, but he has to watch that and realize, hey, this, this defense isn't going to get me there. Uh, and th this development isn't going to get me there. Um, so I think that maybe you see more impact there. Um, than you would in a, in a case of Tristan Lee. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, the same, same thing for Emeka Abuka. Like, that's not going to hurt Oklahoma's chances. I mean, it just – their offense is incredible. So, how is that going to hurt? Yeah. Um, you know, it, what – with JT, with Emeka, it's about getting on campus uh, at Ohio State again for Emeka and for the first time for JT, and then seeing where that unfolds. The Buckeyes' focus at defensive tackle is and has been – JT to him allow for the last three months since they took the commitment of Tyleek Williams, which, uh, you know, when, when Tyleek committed, we, we talked about it on this show. Like it didn't completely end the recruitment of Taiwan Malone, but it did at least signal that Ohio state was not viewing him as a player they had to wait for. Um, and so on Monday night, when Taiwan Malone released his top six schools and Ohio state was not included in it, that should have probably been an indicator for Buckeyes fans that, hey, this is not a recruitment that is a major priority anymore for Ohio State. And um, what you saw on his list, schools like Florida State, Texas A&M, Rutgers, et cetera, uh, is, a, is a group of schools that is going to allow him to try to play baseball in college. Ohio State was just simply not going to have that happen. Like, they just weren't. So, um you know, he, he's an interesting player and a guy that I think everyone really liked and was uh, very high in Ohio State early in the process. But again, in the last few months, Spencer, as the pandemic stuff started to really uh, bog down the recruiting machine, decisions have to be made. And you, and, and you have to understand that the roster may not look next year like what you thought it was going to because of, you know, free, free years of eligibility, all this other stuff. And so this recruiting class, the class of 2021 went from like 26, 27 guys down to 22 or 23 guys. And when you take the commitment from Tyreek Williams, again, you're signaling JT to Malau is a guy that they are going to recruit till the very end and they will wait for, and they will always have a spot for him. It was pretty clear three months ago that they believed Tyreek Williams, Taiwan Malone, uh, guys of that ilk were interchangeable. And so, when the decision was made to accept the commitment of Williams, this was sort of the writing on the wall for Taiwan Malone. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It, it was, I just saw, I did, I saw six schools that, that need a top 150 prospect. But, and so they're going to say, yeah, you can play baseball if you, if you'd like. Yeah. Um, and he should, I mean, he's an incredibly not, good baseball player. Not that they're lying to him. I'm not saying they're right. lying to him, but when you're in a position that a Florida state is in or Rutgers is in, you're going to tell the top 150 prospect, anything he needs, he, he, you can to get him to, to at least put you in this top six. Right. I mean, I'm not reading that incorrectly. Right. 
No, I think that the simple truth here is that you are willing to uh, explore uh, uh, avenues for kids and say, hey, we, we, we'd at least let you talk about this. We'd at least let you play your freshman year. We know how important it is. Maybe in the summer as you go back and play summer ball somewhere, you know, whatever. If he happens to get drafted, he's, he's – I don't know if he's a draft – a draftable player in baseball, but uh, I've seen – clips of him and, and he's pretty ferocious uh he you know big old boy at six foot four almost 300 pounds uh swinging a bat the way he does is rare um does that is that his future i don't know but it seems like in his recruitment that's become a major uh talking point and once that happened you could i, I know how this sounds because every time ohio state doesn't get a recruit uh, to commit to them what happens is someone on the internet says, oh, they stopped recruiting him. And then someone else is like, no, they didn't. And that's just what you say because you're wearing scarlet and gray sunglasses. Like, there's simple math here in play. Ohio State took a commitment from Tyler Williams. They still wanted JT Tumalau. That's where the focus was. If you don't focus on the relationship in recruiting, the recruitment is over. So call it what you want. Call it you know, uh, tilting the story, call it whatever. It was pretty clear in the last few months that the, the Buckeyes focus had been elsewhere. Um, and, and that's why they're out of the mix for Taiwan Malone. We're going to stay in 2021 because, hey, why not? Um, and talk about another player that Ohio State has sort of been fading for, uh, but for different reasons. And that's Derek Davis from Monroeville, Pennsylvania, Gateway High School, there's probably nobody in this entire recruiting class of 2021 that the Buckeyes have recruited longer than Derek Davis. But once you have six commitments at defensive back, like how do you, the, the recruiting sales pitch there has to be so good. And I don't know that there's anything that Kerry Combs, Mark Pantone, Ryan Day, et cetera, can do to get Derek Davis and his dad to be like, Hey, you know what? six defensive backs, all these other, you know, five in the class of 20, uh, 20, 2020, six in the class of 2021. Like that's probably too many. And I think that's, that's why uh, despite the fact Derek hasn't made a decision yet, Ohio state is still aggressively recruiting him, but it seems like Georgia, LSU, other schools, Florida, Florida state are, are creeping up in his recruitment along with Penn state and Ohio state may be kind of fading back. Makes sense. But, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but, the, you know, those are the decisions you make. There's that argument of two two birds in the hand is – or two in the – whatever. How's that go? Two in the two hand in is the worth, one, worth in the bush. one in the bush. Yeah. So six in the hand is worth one in, in the bush here, I guess, uh, when oh. it comes to defensive back recruiting. Yeah, I mean, when you have six guys and you have six guys that you're pretty confident are going to be good players – uh, adding a seventh at the same position is pretty tough. It's kind of like what Ohio State did at offensive line last year. You know, you're trying to get all these guys, you're trying to add some depth, and it's just hard to recruit once you get to a certain number because guys just, you know, there is such thing as, as too much uh, competition because there can only be two or three guys on the field at a time. Yeah, and don't confuse that with this idea that a player is scared of competition or some other I agree. Uh, yeah. silly, some other silly trope. Like, this is this is about – a player's career. How do you get on the field fastest and most so that you can be on your way to the NFL in three years, like period. And I think any player who isn't considering that 
is doing himself a disservice. Now, does that mean that you immediately eliminate a team because they have a lot of players ahead of you? No, not necessarily, uh, because there are development pieces in play. Um, there's other things that you have to consider. Uh, but for Ohio State and Derek Davis, I think it's really kind of uh, put the brakes on a recruitment that uh, is one of, of serious mutual respect and one of serious mutual admiration but it just probably isn't going to happen when it comes to Ohio State and Derek Davis. Um, on that note, Chives, let's talk about one other thing. We'll play a little game. Everyone loves the game. Are do you, you want to play a game? Are you going to do the uh, jingle? I don't remember. You, play us in, Chives. In or out. It's the fun game of who's in or who's out at LettermanRoad.com. Sponsored by Scarlet Sunrise. The Ohio State Recruiting and Football Newsletter, every morning in your inbox, written by our good friend, Spencer Holbrook. Spencer, how important is it that people click on Scarlet Sunrise? It's important. It's a great way to start your day. It really is. I, I know you start your day with it. If you miss anything. Hurry day. Hurry uh, day. Hurry day. It's great. It goes right into your inbox at 6 a.m. and you, you never miss a thing. There you go. That's a beautiful plug. Uh, let's let's just dive in. We're going to play a, a rapid-fire game of in or out here, and we're going to get you on uh, your way with your day and uh, me on my way with mine. Spencer, go. Um, Derek Davis. Out. Emeka Ibuka. In. JT Toymalau. In. Is there a condition on the in? No. We'll just, he... We're not we're not going that route today. We're okay. this was rapid fire, remember? Oh, Tristan Lee. Out. Ah. All right. I I want to be clear, and I didn't finish this point before we go. I don't think that that means Ohio State is absolutely done at defense or at the offensive line position. I do think that there are players around Ohio. Uh, Tom Ostromack from Brunswick, who's a committed to West Virginia. I think he's sort of rising in their mind a little bit. Um, and they're maybe watching him a little closer than some of the other kids around the state right now. Um, so that's one to look at. You just never know what happens if his tape continues to look good. Um, but, you know, there, as we said at the start of this show, the focus for the last two months has pretty much been moving on to the class of 2022, um, and that's where the focus really is going to continue to be. As we head into the final part of – the worst year in American history. Go. And the other thing, the last thing that I will say is like the 2020 class at tackle was pretty good. The 2021 class, if they miss on tackles, it's not a good thing because you want to have tackles in every class, but the 2022 class, you can build an offensive line on two Ohio tackles. Yeah. Emil, and and the nice Wagner, thing, and you brought it up. I mean, you have Emil Wagner, you have Tiger Tushabola, you have Blake Miller. If the Buckeyes do their job in the state of Ohio recruiting in 2022, then you have a really solid starting point for a six-man offensive line class if this class in 21 only ends up at three. So that's a very good point, Spencer. Yep. Point chives. Uh, listen, everyone, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, this has been the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast Talking Stuff, brought to you by Buyers Automotive. Uh, check us out every week. We're here on YouTube, iTunes, Snitcher, every other podcast platform. We just, you know, we're here. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter if you have any questions or things you want us to talk about. I'm at Berm. That's at Spencer Holbrook. 
uh, we are at Letterman Row. So thanks again for watching, everyone. We'll catch you next week. Have a good one.